US retail sales were softer than expected overnight. But soon after, much weaker than expected GDP figures in Japan and in Britain. Both economies are now formally in recession. Meanwhile, Australia's job market was also weaker than expected in January, but not enough yet to bring forward rate cuts by the RBA. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ senior rate strategist Jennifer Kasuma reviews Indonesia's election results yesterday and what they mean for financial markets. A decisive win has now removed uh, political uncertainty. It has also reduced the chances of legal challenges that we might see in the coming few weeks. So we are expecting a relief rally in the IDR FX and bond markets. But first in 5 and 5 with ANZ, Australia's job market weakened in January with an unemployment rate of 4.1%, above the 4% forecast. Employment growth of 500 was well below the 25,000 that was expected. That's had an impact on the Aussie dollar. The Aussie dollar is at 65.10 at 4am Sydney Melbourne time, and the Kiwi is at 61.05. ANZ senior economist Blair Chapman says changing employment patterns after COVID mean January's read isn't enough to bring forward November rate cuts yet. But February's a different story. The February data will be a lot cleaner than this January data, which is impacted by those public holidays. And it's typically a strong month. So typically we see more people joining employment in February, people doing more hours because it isn't holiday affected. And so a weak number in February, that moves the dial a bit more for the RBA. Number two. At 5 and 5, we've been reporting on Blair's research showing weakness in people entering full-time employment and how that will be weighing on the RBA's thinking. He says that trend showed through again in January. Part-timers finding full-time work uh, remains low. People outside the labour force entering full-time employment has trended down further. And what we also saw, which is highlighted by looking at the flows, is that people who are in employment tend to leave at greater numbers in January. So we saw the number of full-time people who left the labour market increases the share of full-time employment again this January. And so that is at a high level compared to pre-COVID periods and even higher than the last two years, which again were higher than pre-COVID. Number three, GDP figures from Japan and Britain were weaker than expected in the last 24 hours. Both are now in recession, with expectations of rate moves shifting lower overnight. That's in contrast with the United States. Here's ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin. We think that real interest rates in the United States need to stay positive during this business cycle, and really quite positive, probably anywhere between 1% and 1.5%. In Europe, we think the situation is different. We think that real rates can fall back to zero. Similarly, in Japan, we're not looking at the same type of tightening uh, that we had elsewhere. Number four. Ahead of closely watched remarks by Reserve Bank Governor Adrian Orr later this morning, New Zealand recorded a net migration gain of 126,000 in the year to December. That's near a recent record high. ANZ senior economist Miles Workman says the RBA is watching migration closely. For signs, it's adding more to demand than it is to supply. The Reserve Bank 
did note that they are seeing signs that the, a stronger demand pulse is coming through from population growth. Uh, and they even went as far as to say that uh, this surprise on the population side did contribute to an upward revision to their outlook for capacity pressures. So what that suggests is that the Reserve Bank is quite worried that perhaps that net impact you know, between supply and demand is actually a small net positive for inflation, and at these very high levels could be uh, an upwards risk to the inflation outlook. Number five, Singapore's government delivers its budget today. ANZ's head of Asia research, Kun Go, says it will be the envy of many, with revenue ahead of forecast. That will help the Monetary Authority of Singapore. But it's also needed to meet a constitutional requirement to balance the books over the five-year term of parliament. And there's only two years left. This year's budget, given my expectation that it will return to a large surplus, then by definition that means that fiscal policy is turning tighter and therefore helping uh, monetary policy, not adding further demand to the economy, which, as I mentioned, has been picking up and has been coming in better than expected. Uh, And given that inflation in Singapore is still somewhat elevated, at least fiscal policy is not adding further to that. But still, uh, I see the Monetary Authority of Singapore needing to keep policy tight for longer through allowing the Singapore dollar to continue to appreciate in order to ensure that inflation pressures are dampened. Couldn't go there. Now, in our deep dive interview today, ANZ senior rate strategist Jennifer Kusuma says the decisive win by Prabowo Subianto in Indonesia's presidential elections has buoyed financial markets. A decisive win uh, has now removed uh, political uncertainty. It has also reduced the chances of legal challenges that we might see in the coming few weeks. So we are expecting a relief rally in the IDR FX and bond markets. In the current environment, however, the extent has been tempered by recent strength in U.S. data and the U.S. dollar. But beyond this, we should see a return in foreign portfolio inflows. We remember that inflows going into this election has been stagnant in the year to date. They have been concentrated in short-term central bank bills. So we do see scope for long positioning and duration extension to build in the IDR FX and bonds in the medium term especially if we consider the likelihood of uh, Bank Indonesia cutting interest rates later in the year. So there was some uh, nervousness before the elections with the polls not giving a clear direction for financial markets and also some uh, concerns about divisions within the cabinet. How much did the currency sell off and how much of a political discount, if you like, was placed into Indonesian assets? So dollar IDR saw a very sharp spike in late January on the back of news that there could be division among Jokowi's current cabinet because of political competition among the the parties. Uh, Since then, dollar IDR has slowly retraced the up move that was caused by the panic, but it has been unable to break uh, lower significantly. Uh, Similarly, in the bond market, despite constructive local fundamentals and prospects of the central bank cutting interest rates, foreign inflows and demand for these IDR uh, local currency bonds have been pretty negligible. Year-to-date inflows um, had turned into a small outflow by the beginning of February. So while it is difficult to quantify political risk 
premium, we do think there has been some concession built into IDR, FX and bond markets heading into this election day. And what has been the initial reaction on Indonesian stock markets and on currency markets to this initial news that there's been a decisive win for the continuity candidate? We have seen a small relief rally in the FX bond markets as well as equity markets this morning upon opening because local markets were closed yesterday on election day. But then again, we do have to temper our expectations on how much the rally could go, especially in the FX market and in the bond market in the very near term, just because of the less constructive global backdrop that we do have right now. But in the medium term, um, the removal of political uncertainty should bode well and should be supportive of ideal local markets. The focus will now shift from having political uncertainty to the policy direction of the new administration. So this would play out over a medium term, I would say between now until the cabinet appointment towards later part of the year. And the policy direction would in turn be dependent on the size and shape of the governing coalition and the new president's cabinet picks such as uh, an important post to watch would be the finance uh, ministerial post. Uh, So that will be on our radar and that will cast some uncertainty, but that is not going to impact, in our view, near-term considerations. Jennifer Kasuma there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Friday, February 16th. Catch you on Monday with a review of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand Governor Adrian Orr's remarks later this morning. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.